0: Hello everyone. Welcome to the 12th episode of SecTools Podcast by Infosec Campus. I'm your host of the show, Sanup Thomas. Today we have a guest and a good friend of mine, Imran with us uh, to speak about his project called DevSecOps Studio. Obviously by now you would have guessed that this is something to do with the DevSecOps. Let's hear from him more about DevSecOps Studio, also his journey in Infosec space so far. Welcome, Imran. Um, thanks for joining the podcast. I, I appreciate your time uh, for speaking with us. Um, how about we start with your journey to Infosec? Um, uh, what inspires you to be uh, in this field, uh, especially probably when you started, it might be very niche and very less people in the industry. So how did you pick up the subject? What inspires you to learn? And what sources you used to um, you know, study the subject?
1: Sean, sure. uh, thanks for having me and appreciate uh, your time as well on this one. So I started my career uh, back in 20, 2008 uh, and seven, when we were in deep recession kind of a thing. And uh, I was destined to be a programmer as such. So I was uh, pretty active in, um, you know, the GNU kind of uh, GNU, uh, GNU not uh, Unix kind of a uh, uh, platform uh, switch uh, there was bun- bunch of stuff uh, happening as well we also end up creating a a distribution of Linux as well and uh, so that's how I started and uh, I wasn't very interested in security I didn't wasn't even aware that the, there existed industry an entire industry where you uh, get paid because you hack someone right that, yeah. that sounds fascinating so I was in a, one of, a, I went to a conference, uh, which was again a Linux-based conference in uh, Kerala, uh, coaching to be specific. And uh, one of the guy was uh, Manu Zakaria, he was uh, giving a presentation on uh, how to get into a website using something like SQL injection, XSS, uh, something of that sort. And I, I felt quite fascinating with it. Like, hey, how can you make uh, a seemingly innocent command to work against you and you can cripple down an entire infrastructure by just doing it So uh, uh, it, it kind of was interesting to me but before even that i was into gaming so i knew how to tweak my category just to make it work uh, with you know make it work how i wanted to be uh, inserting like a g- um, game hacks you know you can uh, become like a super user in in there and then do whatever you want you can fly when you're not supposed to Mm-hmm. You can take a tank and hit someone when you're not supposed to, kind of thing. Yeah. So I, 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 I was always in that kind of mode, but it never occurred to me that there is a whole industry which uh, does exactly that. So I was into programming, into Linux and doing all kind of uh, hacking in and in a, not in a hacking sense, but, you know, just making it work the way it was not supposed to work. And then... Uh, once I did that, I found out that uh, there are a bunch of IRC on Freenode. Uh, mm-hmm. But still, so uh, my name was Morpheus063. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you, I got a lot of uh, IRC channels on Freenode, Offsec, and bunch of other ones. And um, that's how we picked it up. Oh, okay, I need to get into... Uh, so I started off with Infosec, specifically network side of things. And uh, it was quite fascinating because I was more from an app, like a developer kind of um, from environment. So it was fascinating for me to get into uh, networking, see how uh, ARP poisoning works and all of that. Yeah, that's how I landed up in um, this one. And um, once I learned all of those techniques, um, I was about to write some examination, but I did not <laughs> end up writing them. But Fair enough, I I, uh, landed up a job in one of uh, India's biggest consulting firm because of the work I did it with um, Infosec and I was able to explain them, hey, this is how attacks work, you can prevent it. And I landed up in um, a kind of research and development uh, wing of that consulting firm and uh, from there, uh, here I am, (laughs) (laughs) basically.
0: Uh, I think on those days, these, the uh, the pattern of um, getting into infosec from dev to uh, securities, um, though it is an unknown uh, field, it's quite obvious, right? I mean, if you're a dev, then you have more possibilities to explore in infosec. But how did you pick up network security part? Because that's quite uh, difficult to start in from the learning perspective. Because for appsec, you may see a lot of test applications or uh, there are more possibilities to learn it um, uh, even today or even on those days also you still have maybe you know vulnerable test applications to practice maybe sql injections or cross scripting attacks Uh, but networks that's not the case you probably uh, need more complex i'm not very complex but maybe devices or you may need to simulate a network uh, you know, simulators or emulators and then try to experiment mm-hmm. with this. How did you start picking up uh, on network side?
1: Okay. So when when I was in IRC, uh, the people only used to talk about network kind of uh, hacking. <laughs> you know? right? So, so I, I, I assume, okay, if, if you have to be a hacker, you have to know network in and out. Yeah. Only then you will be able to get into apps and all of that. So that's how I started learning getting into that so i did spend a couple of months learning cisco certification so i did not as i mentioned before i didn't end up writing them okay. but uh, i learned them and all of that and um, we had a good uh, rapport with our faculty in our college so we end up using those experts on our uh, oh, lab, lab machines <laughs> yeah. and, and interestingly if, if something goes wrong our lecturer always used to look at me, hey, Ibra, did you do something? <laughs> so I was that guy in the class. Like, if something goes wrong, irrespective of me doing it or not, I used to get uh, to
0: that. Yeah. All right. Then for last few years, you started uh, studying or picking up subjects on DevSecOps. Um, okay. And um, so let's talk about that. Um, and how did you or what inspired you to pick up DevSecOps?
1: Okay. So after I joined that consulting firm, I was there for a couple of years doing pen testing, vulnerability assessment, your typical you know, yeah. pen tester role. Web app, mobile reviews, you know, source code reviews, configuration review and bunch of that. And then that continued for a couple of years. Uh, and then I moved out to Singapore and uh, I was hired to uh, create a security program so we make sure that we find bugs before hackers do our someone exploits it in the wild. So that was my job. Right. So but most of it was again on pen testing, vulnerability assessment and as such. And um, after a while it was like dawned to me that hey, I've been doing the same pen testing for a couple of years a couple of years and I've seen again and again seeing the same issues like SQL injection, XSS and all whatnot. You know, typical issues. Yeah. I was like, um okay, this looks easy. I know it in and out now of by then I I was spending like close to six, seven years on that particular subject. So it was kind of became a second nature. So I wanted another challenge in my life saying, Hey, I've been a offensive side of uh, security. Let's do a defensive side of security. And it looked more challenging to me as well. So that's when I um, ended up um, doing a lot of fuzzing um, before, you know, we used to have a lot of uh, that particular company has a lot of products. The so people used to say, "Hey, you have a heap overflow and vulnerability in this one." So our aim was to figure out those issues via fuzzing and just usual methods, um, source code review, and all of that. So that's how I, I uh, got into defense mode. And then uh, it was quite challenging. Uh, to be very honest, I think the offensive uh, security side of security is pretty easy. Yeah, you get in and you get out. and You don't have to worry about how to fix it and whatnot. But the defense uh, side of things is pretty complicated because let's say you fixed a bug, then your application might not work as expected. Or yeah. uh, you you fix a bug, it will have a ramification, like some part of the other application will not work. So since it's all interrelated, it becomes quite challenging. Uh, so then I thought, let me focus some time on this one. That's how I started automating most of it. So we used to automate fuzzing. We automated static analysis, dynamic analysis, and a bunch of other stuff. And this was back in uh, when no one used to talk about CI-CD pipeline or automation, and it was not used to be called as DevSecOps as it's uh, these days, like everyone is aware of what DevSecOps is or DevOps is. Back back in those days, no one was. So um, I had a lot of my ups and downs in there as well, so I had to create a lot of automation by myself because there was no prior art or people not talking about it. So I had to figure out all of those things by myself. Now, uh, after that, uh, again, I moved to another organization, tasked to do the same thing, start a program from scratch and uh, scale it for, you know, cloud or scale it for the uh, DevOps moment. So we end up, uh, I end up doing all of that, automating it, um, and making sure we have continuous security. And uh, as long, as soon as you push any code into your GitHub repositories or any version control system, we can uh, figure out any issues we have. If there are any issues, we just to fail a bill. And if there, if there are no issues, then we let them pass. So it's all automated on scale. And we end up uh, sometimes scanning about 20 to 30,000 scans per month. Oh yeah. You know, lot, lot many scans in that. So yeah. And um, couple with that, uh, I also created one of the world's largest uh, security champions program. Mm-hmm. Um, scaling it from one office to multiple offices across the world uh taking it to a uh, you know a scale as well yeah.
0: yeah yeah um so coming to uh, dev sec see so these three uh, segments on this term like dev or sec or obs mm-hmm. this has been in the industry since technology was actually uh, you know uh, evolved i mean uh, since the beginning these three terms were already there uh, hmm. We we used to see or, or do dev part, we used to be in the sec part and, and we some some portion of our work may involve in the operation part as well. Uh, what today changed in terms of DevSecOps? So why DevSecOps is today is being a major concern in a lot of companies?
1: Okay, so the way I see it, uh, part of the story is that uh, Couple of years ago, maybe 10, uh, 12 years ago, we didn't need uh, the scale with, with with which companies operate these days. Right? There was no CI/CD pipeline, uh, if if it was there, only was you know in a couple of organizations like Yahoo, uh, you know, very mature organizations. And uh, this is also uh, that's one case, but it is also a side effect of Agile, because when you look at waterfall model, you're only going to deploy. Um, your code once in maybe a month or six months or so, so you don't need an ability to quickly uh, introduce um, fixes or quickly introduce features into your product and then give it to customers but then with agile what happened is that the developers are now willing to push code to production as soon as it's ready right uh, so the then you know you need to have those uh capabilities which devops provides which is like you push as soon as you are done you can test it you can make sure everything is working fine without um, having a lot of effects on your customers mm-hmm. right you're able to do it with bunch combination of bunch of things for example you have a version con- control system like git which is famous then you have uh, ci cd systems like jenkins made it uh it's a huge deal and then uh yeah you then needed infrastructure as code, right yeah. and a platform to make it work with public cloud like AWS, Azure and Google. Uh, it, it became very, very easy. So even if you' are let's say a startup in Nepal, you can spin up a machine in US or you can spin up another machine in Japan with just a click of few buttons. So now you can see that startups are now sometimes in um, overcoming this uh, the big organizations with lots and lots of budget. So that made like every organization now has to be on their toes and they have to go to market pretty fast and make sure it's uh, secure and safe. And that's how uh, security aspect of that comes into play as well. So we need to not only make sure that we are deploying codes um, faster and fastly, but we also have to
0: deploy it safely. All right. Um, is yeah. it influencing the security expertise? Like uh, traditionally what we have seen is um, you either be a, an AppSec champion or you, you be a network security champion. And with the speed of how technology is growing these days, uh, you need to be a, a very in line with the dev uh, part, right? Uh, you cannot be just do and sit, um, you know, um, just, just finish a test report and then uh, produce uh, findings and then wait for them to fix it. And, but you need to be much earlier stage, uh, what today, what they call it as. Um, in the code's shift-left, I would say in that phrase. Um, But, uh, so how, my question is, how DevSecOps is actually going to influence uh, traditional um, security expertise? Okay, so
1: you might have heard about this phrase, like software or code is eating the world, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So that's exactly is happening uh, at the moment wherein everything is being made into code. Yep. right so your infrastructure is now code. These days no one goes manually and say, hey let's rack up a um, rack and put in their disk of some yeah. XMB and then put a network cable and all that. People yeah. don't do that anymore. Even if they do, this they're, they, they're, is only um, specific to big uh, platforms like AWS, uh, Azure or uh, Rackspace and some of those vendors are if you are hosting a virtual um, uh, you know virtual hosting kind of a provider. So right, it's only, kind of, we, so So to say we have uh, kind of democratized uh, this entire hardware into a software. So uh, as we were saying, like software is eating the world and then we have to now uh, improve our self-security, always, you know, use, is at the end of the puzzle, like, you know, yeah. um, just like with the DevOps, uh, um, you know, uh, DevOps revolution security was always left, like always they left, they were left behind and security didn't know what is DevOps is, what they are doing, yeah. how they are maturing. But now that everyone is into DevOps and we cannot ignore them, right, um, you're you provisioning a machine within two seconds. Yeah. And, and if, if you, let's say, if you want to harden a machine, it at least takes, give or take 15 minutes. That's the least I could think of, it, right? You install a patch, you maybe restart a machine and you bring it up. But with uh, DevOps, that's that's not acceptable yeah. any downtime for 15 minutes is not acceptable it should be up all the time and your customers are expecting your applications to be up all the time 100% of the time so now we have to improve ourselves as a security uh, professionals where we have to learn how developers and ops are using DevOps revolution to automate most of the testing so they are they they have the same challenges L- look at ops right they have the same challenges of Uh, keeping software up to date or making sure the configurations are properly done. Now, we also have, if you think about it, we also have the same problems, right? So instead of keeping software up to date, you just want to keep them patched.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? For them, that's a functionality aspect of it. For us, it's a security aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Now, you could leverage the same tooling which developers and ops are are using to do our work, but do it in such a way that we don't hamper the productivity of developers and ops. And so, till now before devops we didn't have the tooling to make it happen now we have all the parts of the puzzle which will help us scale security at the speed of devops at the speed of the cloud
0: now. yeah it's interesting you see when um, when we started careers um, product was separate security team was separate yeah. uh, and and they used to be a, a cat and mouse game between them right yeah. And today, uh, developers are more welcoming or or rather security people are also more welcoming in terms yeah. of discussing findings. And, yeah. you know, it, initially we used to see the uh, response time from reporting a finding and then when it get fixed. And now mm. it's been, it's the other way also now. We are also seeing what's this response time for the security as well, right? Um, yeah, so it's a, it's an interesting uh, evolution yeah. Gain, right yeah. yeah yeah
1: that's definitely the, is the case um and then uh, we are no longer just doing pen testing and calling it a day right we, are, we just don't yes. say hey pen test is done we are done like we, we are trying to embed security way early and as you was meant uh, as you were mentioning uh, shifting left doing security early on not uh, as an add-on or latching onto it at the end
0: yeah, yeah.
1: So I see that there's a lot of companies doing it, mm-hmm. but I, I do see there are a lot of other companies who are still not uh, not at that stage yet.
0: Yeah.
1: So yeah. yeah, we we have a long way to go. Yeah. But the good thing, as, as you mentioned, that um, we we are in a much much
0: better shape than before. Yeah. Uh, true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, what I wanted to actually ask about. Um, it's it's very difficult to focus on one subject these days, because there Correct. are so much to learn every single day, and there are I mean every single day when we finish one subject or maybe when we start learning about one subject, there is a new technology came up. The Correct. the speed technology is going is really really difficult to catch up with. But at that time, uh, I, I did, if I'm not wrong, you you started learning or you know working on DevSecOps areas for like how many years? Uh, two two years or three years?
1: three, three and a half, four three
0: years and now you four. deliver um, a complete full-fledged workshops in Black Hat uh, in US and and Singapore is going to happen. So how do you expertise on these subjects to a depth uh, in a shorter span of time? What is the mantra for your focus?
1: Okay, so it's it, um, even though you know DevOps or DevSecOps looks scary, but yeah. it's actually a combination of just a couple of things as mm-hmm. I mentioned before. It's, you need to know how GitHub or GitLab or Bitbucket works, like a version control system. And you need to know how a CICT system works. And then you also need to know a platform, or as uh, infrastructure as code or configuration management system, broadly classifying, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have um, an artifactory management system. You, you can think it like a Docker Hub or artifactory yeah. from JFrog or Nexus uh, from uh, Sonatype. So that's uh, another one. And then you need uh, infrastructure to put this on, like, you know, put the software on one particular infrastructure. And then finally, monitoring aspect of it. So we already knew these, uh, the, the monitoring aspect of it, right? Like you have Elk Stack or Splunk or whatnot, you have. So we already knew that kind of thing. So I didn't have to spend a lot of time in there. But the w- one thing which I had to learn. Was about how do we do configuration management properly? How do we use infrastructure as code? Something like Terraform or CloudFormation on AWS, GCP, and Azure has their own versions as well. But broadly classifying, if you look at it, there's just six different things. And uh, if you concentrate on it, maybe it will take like a six months for you to learn all of these mm-hmm. and be um, a, be at a reasonable level for you to do a day-to-day job, right? So, and once you learn that, it's Again, after that, everything is as uh, usual, except that if your minor things are there, you cannot, for example, I call it a a uh, DevSecOps gospel, Mm -hmm. wherein uh, you cannot have a security job running more than 10 minutes. It has to finish within that, Mm -hmm. right? And either be a static analysis, dynamic analysis, uh, as whatnot. And you also have to give your developers an ability to do everything in the code. So you're doing false positive analysis. You should allow them to do it in the code. Mm-hmm. if you're um, failing a bill you should allow them to be doing in the code so everything has to be in the code such that developers don't have to con- context switch and go into some other portal to click some few buttons here and there and then make it happen okay right so but then uh, of course i was um in, at the heart of where uh, this uh, devops revolution was happening so i, I had to uh, learn it faster than everyone else probably so yeah, that's how I um, ended up doing it. And, and that's exactly how uh, our thing which we were talking about was DevSecOps Studio came into existence, right? So every every security engineer I spoke to, they were like, oh, dude, there's a lot of stuff in here. I cannot start learning it. It's so overwhelming that I, I don't know where to start from. So I thought, okay, so you only have to learn security aspect of DevOps, right? Why not create a tool for you to uh, practice? So I will will create a tool which has all of these components. It will have a version control system, CI, CD, prod system, um, configuration management platform, all put together in a one um, solution. So you just have to run a couple of commands, and the environment will be ready. And you can go ahead and then start practicing your security aspects of DevOps that's how uh, again with the same problem it came into existence that hey i need to solve this problem and DevSecOps
0: studio is your uh, solution there yeah and you made the the code completely open source and and it, yeah. in short it seems like uh, you know a, a simulation for a whole enterprise right i mean it has Correct. every aspects but uh, what maybe the security folks are interested in just just the secu- like how securities are embedded into it yeah Exactly. Uh, yeah, let's let's talk more about uh, DevSec uh, Studios uh, and the functionalities around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how it help uh, a security person to learn, uh, or what phases he had to go through.
1: Right. So uh, starting from uh, very uh, so you, you spoke about uh, shifting left. Yeah. Right. So you now think about where do the developers start uh, creating software? Right. Mm-hmm. So it starts off with version control system, or you can even go further towards left, and then you can think about um, threat modeling or gathering reviews and all of that. Uh, I have even automated that aspects of uh, SDLC as well, wherein you can put your entire threat modeling in the code. So you can use something like plant UML, which is uh, diagrams as mm-hmm. code. Okay. So you will put it in code as a text, and it will create a UML diagram. Or the, dfd diagrams for you so you know what's going on where are your security boundaries and what boundaries uh, where you need to put more security efforts where you don't have to right and not only you could do that you can put it where the code is living for example you have a product a then you know where the threat modeling for product a lives in so it lives in the same repo where you have the code of that particular project or product Right? so it's per, it becomes very easy and every time you make that change to a code it will create a brand new diagrams for you to look at it and see okay someone made just change and this is how it looks like okay right so you can do that and because it's in code and it's in a format where it's very easily editable otherwise one the biggest problem which I have with the threat modeling diagrams is like you have to go edit it, and these tools are like so painful <laughs> uh,
0: to use. Like you have to yeah. somehow you are not good with GUI. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly, right. And uh, you have to learn them again. You have to remember them. If there's new feature, then you have to. The whole cycle continues. But then you you can start from there, and uh, you can provide guidance to the developers from the moment they started learning something. But um, moving on further into that you can then look into how, which type of code they are creating. Are they, um, you know, which kind of a developer shop are they? They are primarily a Ruby on Rails shop, or Python shop, or Java shop. And based on whatever language they are using, you can scan the code uh, for issues, so so to say static analysis for security issues uh, in there. So I have, uh, we have a bunch of tools in there as well, which uh, helps you do, uh, static analysis and then moving on uh further towards your right you have dynamic analysis where you can look at um once your application is up and running can i fuzz it mm-hmm. you know basically can i do a sql injections on it can i do xss attacks on it so you can use something like uh, zap into it so zap is also added into it for ruby you have brickman uh, for uh, uh, java you have a find security box it's called spot Bugs these days so that's there. Um, And uh, you can also put something like Sonatype, but because it's a paid tool, it's not included as part of the package, but you can definitely put that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So both paid and free tools can be put into the pipeline. But the only free tools and and the ones which are open source are uh, embedded into that. So you can go right away and then start using it, see how it behaves. And finally, you also have uh, like hardening into it. So I use an open source project called dev-sec and Ansible, which is another configuration management system. It's pretty easy to learn, uh, to show you how someone makes a change and you can automatically harden your AMI images or your um, normal standalone machines, right? Any Any kind of prod machines or staging machines, create a hardened artifact to go into prod as well. So you can do it continuously without any human intervention at all. <laughs> now, because there is no human intervention at all, you can scale it and let, let's be honest right for example you also work in one of the biggest organizations uh, wherein you have like a uh, thousand developers and one security engineer and yeah. no, no yeah. matter what we do we're not going to scale and i think the devops and secops provide you a set of tools for you to scale your security team yeah so it contains all of those tools put together in a nice nice format and, I, and not only that i also created a a tutorial and a series for you to go and then learn all of that and how all of these fit together. It's it's uh, if you you can click on the wiki link and you will see all of that.
0: Yeah, it's 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 well documented. I've seen the documentations. It's pretty easy to follow through, um, and and most importantly, the code is actually open. And if as you mentioned, if you if any anyone wants to edit one of the tools and want to add their own uh custom tools inside and see how it actually works in real time uh-huh. uh, they're free to do that i mean that that's yeah. a, a good good ad- addition
1: yeah
0: uh, and and um how how long did it take to you know build a final version of it uh right now it's
1: at version uh, 0.9 as uh-huh. such but uh it took me about like Three months to create it. Three from months to. to code.
0: Yeah, but you 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 are, so it, you are a code developer uh, since the beginning. So was it easier to build oh, No, it? no. This
1: was this, this was come. There's not a lot of code in there. It's usually uh, so. Basically, uh, the interesting fact about it is that I'm using DevOps to create DevOps tooling. Basically, so so we are using something called Vagrant, which is like a. Manager, uh, a virtualization manager for a virtual, virtual box, mm-hmm. uh, a hypervisor, a type 2 hypervisor, and then um, then using also combined with that. So, Vagrant, VirtualBox, and Ansible put together these three tools together, they create that entire infrastructure of you having all of those components of DevOps pipeline. So, that, that sounds not like. Only, that,
0: yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. that sounds like you had a, uh, you know, a, a whole new level of l- learning that your previous development experiences. is, Correct. it's there, it right. be, it's, it can be like a backup, but it, this is still a new learning.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think that's a, one of the other reasons why I created it. Let me see how difficult or easy it could be to create this entire infrastructure. Yeah. And in the process, I would end up helping a lot of my friends who are into security don't know how to move into DevSecOps or how, how it works. Uh, and um, yeah so we are not only preaching um, what we do but we are also showcasing that hey this is exactly what we do
0: and here is a,
1: a proof of that
0: yeah for the whole um you know uh, um, SSDLC um, cycle um, DevSecOps actually makes a lot of sense in the current trend as you mentioned like moving very fast and you can't actually spend too much time on like uh, on, on security uh, on security or any friction at all. Um, mm-hmm. But h- how about, there are more cases these days because of uh, so many security researchers or uh, so many new bugs are coming up and then we are actually seeing issues in production. Um, mm-hmm. How does security or, or DevSecOps actually helps in terms of uh, maybe finding or or blocking or fixing issues in production?
1: Okay. now. I'll, I'll show, I'll tell you two use cases where this would fit in. First of all, let's be very honest, right? Most of the issues are not because of some Uber hacker used a zero day to hack into your organization, right? It's usually low hanging fruits. Maybe let's say, for example, uh, Apache Struts has a vulnerability and you did not patch it, you did not update it, uh, something like that, uh, Ajax, Ajax has some file upload vulnerability and you did not update it, It's as simple as that. Yeah. I don't think we need like a, super uber hacker to uh, know what's wrong in your infrastructure to fix it right and usually uh, fixing it is just bumping up the version of it to you know make sure it's uh, it doesn't have uh, that issue but then um, that could be done in a very simple manner in ci cd developers have been doing all of those things from a very long period we just security didn't know about it now that we have all the tooling in place and uh, we, we no longer can ignore them, right? yeah. yeah. Uh, you can learn it and it's, it's, it's not tough, right? So so first thing it handles is that it, it gets rid of those low-hanging fruits or stupid mistakes you might make if you don't have the visibility which DevOps provides, Okay. right? And it's basically a combination of four things. It's a combination of culture, automation, measurement, and uh, you know, sharing, correct? So now, since when when you are into pipeline, your developers will also see. Oh, let's see what security is doing. So they have that visibility which they didn't have. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So so the first benefit you get for, from a security perspective is that you get you get rid of all of your low hanging fruits, first thing, and then you provide um, your developers who are your ultimate customers here uh, visibility into your infrastructure. Now coming to the second aspect of it is was that. Let's say you left your SSH port open yeah. and it's brute forceable, and you're using a username and password to log in rather than a key mechanism to log in. So now someone brute force you, uh, he will be able to log in, right? Uh, and um, it might happen because, let's say, you have, uh, have key based authentication in, let's say, 99% of your uh, machines, but you forgot 1% of the machines because you're doing it manually. Now with the help of uh, DevOps, more so often because of the concept called golden image, uh, your chances of making those silly mistakes are close to zero if you do it properly via a very full-fledged DevOps pipeline. So you're not uh, provisioning systems manually, it's just uh, with the help of a command you are doing it now. Because
0: that's being um, kind of a standardized method because it's actually like coded in, in that way yeah Oh, okay,
1: it's all automated. so it's all in the pipeline uh, no there's no human intervention wherein uh, something can go wrong but obviously there are some cases one of cases but then uh, since it's all automated in a way and then you're running it daily rather than let's say once in a year. let's say ima- imagine that you're running something once a year, you will forget it. huh how, how am I supposed to run this tool? yeah, yeah right you'll, you'll forget. But since it is part of CI/CD pipeline, you are running it uh, iteratively daily. Maybe some people, like big organizations, run it like every seven seconds. Right? So, and no matter what, how many security engineers we have, we cannot do security reviews every seven seconds, right? Okay. So that, so yeah, DevOps makes all of these things very easy for any security engineers to do it. But, uh, but. Having DevSecOps or DevOps into
0: your pipeline doesn't get rid of the um, need for pen testing. Right? <laughs> I was about uh, to ask that question. Uh, does it actually, you know, a uh, threat to security folks because yeah, everything uh, is automated and we don't have yeah, any job uh, anymore?
1: <laughs> yeah. So when I teach the course, right, this is the first question people ask. Hey, if I if if I do DevSecOps, can I fire my pen tester? <laughs> no, because <laughs> you're never gonna find. Logical bugs, right? For yeah. example, uh, you have a three-stage, three-stage uh, workflow wherein you go step one, step two, step three. Uh, it, it's, it's. You can do. You can teach your tools like Burp Suite and um, Zap to do the testing for that, but it's very difficult. Yeah, and sometimes uh, a human needs to use his in- ingenuity to see. Okay, uh, okay, I can do this. Let me try this one, right? So based on the input, they can. Um, change their payloads which uh, tools cannot do it right and uh, so yeah so that doesn't mean so you will uh, there's no need for security engineers maybe right?
0: i don't know uh, maybe in down the line uh, maybe another 10 years uh, some technologies or some some advancement happens to learn the logic of applications and act test cases on that um, i don't know maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> too far <Yeah. laughs> too far to predict yeah
1: but I, I can definitely say, though, that the, the, the need for a lot of security engineers will go down
0: mm-hmm.
1: because, uh, let's say, for example, if you're spinning up uh, EC2 machine, most of its defaults are good. You, you don't, mm, yeah, you're true. not going to make a lot of big mistakes. For example, they, by default, they don't expose uh, SSH port to the world, right? And, it, it, and firewall is enabled by default. It's, the security group is enabled by default. Uh, so you don't make those massive mistakes, which would have happened if you're you're running your own data center as such. But there, uh, so now um, the issues have moved from we finding like uh, remote code execution bugs in Windows, uh, Apache, is into misconfiguration stages. When when I do pen testing these days. I don't find SQL injection so often. Yeah, it, yeah, it's usually configuration issues. He forgot to do this and that. So,
0: and also a lot of modern technologies are coming up uh, with ORM or you know things like that, which they don't actually build SQL queries or uh, they escape all, uh, car- all all string that goes back uh, to the browsers. And these are like, I mean, they're they're building like security by default cases. Um, and that also challenges security people to advance their their you know testing skills or testing methodologies. Sure. Um, yeah, I've I've seen that uh, that progress these days. Um, and uh, also, um, I, I mean a very um, uh, how do I say that very audible example was um, when GitHub released the um, you know dependencies uh, check. Uh, on on the third party libraries and also identify the keys that you're actually sharing uh, on the code they yeah. the explicitly notify and then block that commit and it's that hey i mean are you are you sure about it you want to actually commit it yeah. so so those things are um you know they are doing it in a large platform like github and it's definitely yeah. possible for any companies to build um technologies like that um yeah it, it's a uh, yeah, I think we are probably going to hit a good uh, era on DevSecOps. <laughs>
1: that that's true, you know, secure by default, and uh, giving people choice and uh, information that hey, you're trying you are trying to make a mistake which you might not uh, want to make. Uh, so yeah, definitely we are going in the right direction with a lot of frameworks as well, right? For example, if you use React JS or Angular JS, there's not a lot of things which can go wrong, even if to exercise, unless you say unsafe frequency true or something like that right so yeah I think we are moving in a good direction uh, I'm pretty happy about it at least but there's still a lot of work to be done uh, yeah it's no more a buzzwords
0: uh, because yeah. initially when DevSecOps started like, hey what what the hell is this DevSecOps and it's a new word yeah. uh, it's just a you know, selling point for people to just pitch any random products but it's it's not because we are seeing now things are actually in real action Action, uh, it makes a lot of sense for uh, not just the security team, but but for a whole company running on that scale and and speed. Uh, it makes a lot of sense to implement those kind of technologies.
1: That's true. Yeah.
0: Um, so, when uh, before we we wind up uh, the sessions, um, first uh, I would like to thank for simplifying uh, DevSecOps. Uh, it's being in the Uh, internet world for quite some times and people trying to figure that out and now it's getting simplified more people are more they're not very intimidated by the by the term Uh, they're they're getting into the core of it they're getting to see that you know these are these are things that actually happening good the projects like DevSec studios actually simplifies uh, that learning process as you mentioned it's it may seems difficult complex uh, in the in the beginning when you touch the subjects but (laughs) <laughs> These kind of tools and and uh, documentations actually help the community to learn the subjects uh, with probably less effort, but more effort to you because you build it. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, the, how, what is your your suggestions, comments, or advice to the communities who want to inspire on DevSecOps or in, in terms of like you know writing scripts or or tooling um, their test skills?
1: Yeah, so f- first thing I would say is it's not as dif- difficult as you feel uh looks like. Uh, that's the first thing. And second thing is that now, as as we were mentioning, software is eating the world. Uh, and then you need to know at least uh, one programming language. It, it could be anything like Python, Golang, Ruby, whatever it is. So any pri- programming language, try to learn at least um, something may not, you don't have to be advanced user of the programming language, but something so you can automate some basic day-to-day daily jobs, right, and and you cannot avoid it anymore, right? So everything, uh, if you look at it now, everything is an API now, right? People are following API first approach. So you need to talk to, you, you should have ability to go talk to the API, get the data information and do something with it, right? So at least you should know how to use request library in Python. <laughs> That's the least you should know and if you and then again uh, programming is not uh, a scary prospect right it, it's easy to learn if you go step by step by step divide and concur right so divide into smaller chunks, learn what each of them is doing and then uh, go into and then on, on that note I, I don't think there will be a lot of uh, network or infos, infosec uh, the in- network side of information security engineers uh, down the line because everything is conver- being converted into um, software, right? As a code. So again, there is definitely would be a need uh, for network engineers, but they will not be as many as we have now, or maybe uh, there were five years or six years down the line. Right? So you will see less less among them, uh, might happen like 10 years down the line. But it would happen like where people will become uh, software engineers everyone has to everyone is a software engineer even ops are now software engineers right So security also have to follow that uh, route and then have to create that uh, learn how to code a bit if not in uh, an advanced level but at least ability to understand what's happening in there is definitely a must. So those two things uh, would i um, I would suggest that and. Uh, yeah, please uh, feel free to raise a PR, contribute, uh, just come talk to DevSecOps Studio contributors. We would love to see what you think about it.
0: Yep, <laughs> sure. I think people would love to actually uh, know more about the projects and maybe just uh, do some, some handhold on like how it actually works just to see things. because. Um, I think that's like make things uh, more simplified and easier for anybody just to go ahead and then download the tools and then see how things works um yeah um thanks uh, thanks Imran thanks for uh, talking to us uh, thanks for your thank time thank you for you yeah thank you Sanup, for uh, having me uh it's, it's a pleasure thanks everyone for listening to the podcast i will talk to you in the next episode